Hello and welcome to In A Good Way Podcast. I am Jacob and I'm here with my co-host, Pratik, or in this, today he's Hoodie Pratik. And I'm here with Jacob, also known as Mozart. Did I get double introduced? Yes, you did. Because um, right. I can't just throw in, I, I have to mention Mozart, by the way. Why? If you, if you guys didn't know, Jacob is a big fan of Mozart. I'm not, though. But anyway, today we have a very special uh, guest we'll, we'll here with us. Hi, how are you doing? I feel like you say very special guest a lot. Like you say it for oh, every does, episode, but, but then like it makes it feel less special because it's just like no, no, you're, no you're, trust me. Like trust I, me. I don't feel special. You could have just said guest. I would have made me feel more, more special than if you actually said special. Tarv, you are special. <laughs> Tarv, you're a guest. In fact, you're you've been um, a lot of people have have been asking about Tarv's um, episode, and um, today we have a very packed <laughs> episode for you for this yeah. for you guys. Um, the first topic we're going to talk about is culture importance of hip hop, and that's inspired off of Jay Z, um, Jay Z's 50th birthday, and him dropping all his albums onto Spotify. Woohoo! We love to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, good listening. So, Jacob, do you want to give some background about them? About it being on Spotify? Ooh, yeah. Yep. So Jay Z took them off uh, years ago because he has title. You know, he owns it, so he wanted to incentivize people to go to title. So all his stuff was only on there. And now I guess he wants to incentivize people a little less. <laughs> yeah, little so less. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Tidal. So um, Jay-Z didn't create Tidal. Um, I think a lot of people, that's that's a little bit of a misunderstanding. He actually bought Tidal back, I think um, it was 2011 or 2012. And um, he made it into a um, essentially a platform to empower artists and to give artists their fair due of... Um, you know, money and um, and that's in a time where Spotify and Apple Music didn't really pay artists their fair share. And then mm-hmm. the other thing that Tidal does is it tries to appeal to people who prefer higher fidelity music by yeah. offering better quality. Big but words. it's also much more expensive. Yes, much more. But you know what? Respect to the artists. And um, also, I saw a picture on um, on Jay Z and Biggie and a lot of um, old MCs on Twitter, and it just made me like really nostalgic. Not that I was alive back then, but you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> what are you talking about? Nostalgic for 2002. But I mean, because <laughs> I listened to, I used to listen to um, Biggie and Tupac back in the day, and um, back in the day. I'm not back in the, back in like the 2000 while you're in the womb you're listening to yeah. what's <laughs> like, going on here. Like, like, I think like, you're trying to steal someone else's credibility. I'm yeah. talking like more like early high schoolish upper like you know so like two years ago. <laughs> Four years ago. <laughs> okay. So All right. That was back in the day. All right, this is your podcast. I'm not roasting y'all on y'all's own podcast. Yeah, oh, no, it's fine. You can roast critique all you want. No, 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 no. Oh, really? You know what? If we're speaking of, uh, speaking of roasting, um, let's touch a little bit on Jacob's interest in music, um, specifically with Mozart. I Stop <laughs> it. Okay. Critique, <laughs> for some odd, weird reason, for the past, like, how much is it, like two years, three years? Uh, two years. Don't give me two that much years. credit. Okay. Yeah. Ever since you started listening to Jay, to all that kind of hip hop, Biggie, that whole thing. You see how we make see how we make time seem so short sometimes. Yeah. See, Fritik decides to um, that I am a big fan of Mozart. I don't know why. Okay, so I, I don't to listen to classical music on a regular. You seem like the kind of guy to listen to classical music. I can't see, see listen I mean. to like I would, rock. I, I would like. I would kind of listen to rock and rap. Okay. Rock rap. is like you know like a little bit like it's like oldish. It's not classical, but 
Mozart is, like is still loud. Like, Mozart, you know, you Mo- can listen to classical music at a very loud volume. Plus, what was wrong? With I don't Mozart? see a problem here. What's wrong with lyrics. being associated spiteful with Mozart? lyrics, of course. Mozart. I just don't know why you said I don't listen to Mozart. <laughs> Mozart's a great guy. Shout out Mozart. Shout out. I don't own any. I don't like one classical record. Mozart's my homie, by the way. Um, he's dead. Yeah, he is dead. But still respect. Still he's respect. dead. All right, whatever. <laughs> respect the dead. Moving on to um, kind of the culture okay. importance of hip hop. That's really what we want to focus on today, and um, yeah. that's a lot of the kind of the topics we're talking about. So I'm going to talk ma- mainly about 90s um, rap and the whole yeah. East versus West Coast battle and Biggie versus Tupac, all that beef that we had. Um, so we'll start just back in the late 80s. One of the big ways that rap was able to become more popular in mainstream was Run DMC's um, cover of Walk This Way that <laughs> featured Aerosmith. And after that song came out, they went on a really big uh, tour together that opened up rap to a lot of people who hadn't heard it before oh yeah i have, i remember i was listening to it last night actually i watched the music video for it and i was looking it was like released in 2009 but at 70 like 2 million views i'm like i don't think i could find any of my friends besides obviously these two that would have any idea about like anything related to this run dmc walking this way kind of thing just because we're so uneducated about it nowadays that kind of culture the 90s yeah and um I also kind of want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, African-American culture and its importance to the civil rights movement. Specifically, um, I'm going to talk about uh, maybe a song that some of you guys are familiar with. So, um, Blood on the Leaves by Kanye West is a pretty yep. famous song. Yep, 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 yep. And it samples um, another pretty famous uh, song by um, Nina Simone. Great artist, by the way. I highly recommend you guys listen to her. And um, a lot of her songs are about <laughs> civil rights. Yeah, and this one specifically that sampled is Strange Fruit. And it's essentially about lynchings. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Straight up? Straight up. Not, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it's, it's a sad song. Take that but, for spiteful <laughs> lyrics. But it's very important in um, how kind of... Like, the Blood on the Leaves was um, sampled to be more of a pop song that um, really shot up the, um, the Billboard charts. But it also carried an important message of, you know, of the sublime nature of... Um, of hip-hop and its true meaning. Same with how Kanye West did on Jesus Walks. He said that, hey, just because I talk about Jesus, they won't play this on the radio. And they did. But it was only because he called them out, and there was a bunch of other hidden meanings. Well, and then Nina Simone's so important in when she was making music in civil rights, but also currently, because she's consistently sampled. She's also on mm-hmm. uh, Jay-Z's The Story of OJ on 444, and countless other songs. And um, I kind of want to relate this over to more of the general conversation about um, just hip hop culture in general, uh, in in general, and more of its relation to entrepreneurship. You said so, general three times in five seconds. What a did. man! What Shout a out man. general. Hey, you said I could roast him up on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm doing my duty. I'm going, all right, so, all right. um, the main guy I want to talk about today is um, Dapper Dan. Um, Dapper Dan. <laughs> Dapper Dan is a really famous fashion designer, <laughs> entrepreneur, and he has some of the best stories ever I've ever listened to. Um, he grew up in Harlem, and this was right before the crack epidemic. So um, he got um, a lot of ex- he had a lot of interesting stories, and was in this unique generation where Harlem was this um, oasis of Amer- African American uh, culture. And it really bred ground to um, the sort of the unique creativity and the um, 
combination of, like you said, like rock and rap and introducing um, rap into the modern day spotlight, into other industries such as fashion, um, other uh, commercial, commercial um, retail, etc. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to transition over that to the modern importance yeah, of hip-hop. Yeah. My question is, do you guys think that they're kind of, these kinds of artists that are advocating for not necessarily like civil rights, because obviously that's not around as much anymore, but just something alternative, like you were talking about Dapper Dan and fashion designer, entrepreneur, all these different kinds of movements. Do you think there are artists out there today that are advocating for their own sort of cause or passion other than music, obviously? First, you, I know what you're about to say. I know Pretty exactly Pretty, what he's about to say. I know what he's about to say, too. This was a bait and hook, simple <laughs> bait and hook strategy. What do you think I'm about to say? You know what you're about to say. Just say it. Just so, say it. 808. <laughs> That's 808. I thought it was going to go more recent, but... Oh, okay, Jesus is King? Yeah, something like Jesus yeah. is King. But that's the thing. Uh, that's what I'm going to talk about. So I think that yeah. um, I've kind of been caught up in that dilemma, right? A lot of people say that it's hip-hop these days, like with like artists like Little Pump. Uh, it's all about really like, you well, know... Like, Little Pump. <laughs> like auto-tuned music. It's mm-hmm. not really about... Um, actual content mm-hmm. more it's not about, about the lyrics and the meaning yes. behind the lyrics it's more about just like making cool sounds and catchy like that guy says what's this Gucci gang he says that like 30,000 times Gucci gang, the first Gucci like gang, 10 Gucci minutes gang. like it's just yeah that kind of idea if you guys want um, ask us a question on a recorded voice message and we'll record a remix of Gucci Okay, I don't know if I don't know if I want to get on that if it gets me cast hours I'll do it let's let's go we'll do it I'll make them but yeah, um, I think the main thing is 808s and Heartbreak really changed the game. And I'm talking drastically. Because before them, it was mainly storytelling. It was mainly Jay-Z. Um, it was mainly, you know, the old and still 90s hip-hop still yeah. had that yeah. roots and culture. And uh, But 808s really transitioned into more um, melodic. melodic um, yeah, melodic is per- the word I was thinking of, too. Uh-huh. I know. We think the same. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. <laughs> That's a compliment, though. Time to remove my brain. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, but yeah. Because he can remember what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so the main reason Kanye West did use autotune is because um, he didn't have the vocals to, you know, really sing about heartbreak and express those emotions. Mm-hmm. So he used autotune to um, really kind of carry his emotion over into, like, songs like Bad News, um, you know, Heartbreak, obviously. Um, yeah, in a good way. No, I wish that was a song. In a good way. In a good way. Now I'm trying to see why your podcast is called In a Good Way. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> so, sure, I'm just going to try to insert it in a good way wherever I can in this conversation. That's good. So like on albums like that, Kanye was able to convey things that he couldn't convey through rap lyrics. In a good well. way. He could convey I, I don't in know a good if this is a good way to do this. That's a pretty that. good way. So what do you think about um, more of like the artists? You know, like you said you listen to more like modern day um, artists. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. how do you think this... Uh, this hip-hop culture has transitioned into not only um, modern-day music, but our everyday lives. I mean, a lot of it has honestly corrupted a lot of teenagers and stuff like that, because they try to... They're, they're, like, inspired by people like Lil Pump, as you were saying earlier, all, like, the 6 9 all these different kinds of rap and hip-hop artists that go around smoking and putting all of it on social media. Social media has been a big killer, honestly, because they just want to be like them, and that's what gets them in trouble. That's what gets them in jail. That's what gets them off of school. It's really about finding those kinds of artists that are super lyrical. Like my favorite like rap artist, hip hop artist is probably J. Cole. Because I just feel like his lyrics speak a lot. Maybe not necessarily to me, but just you know that it's like I know that his lyrics speak a lot to a lot of different kinds of people. And for that reason, like 
that's something that I genuinely appreciate. Like, obviously, the sounds are great, uh, like Gucci Gang and all these little kinds of tidbits of songs, as people would call them. But it's like, what are they without meaning sometimes? Right. Yeah, and that's that's what I've all, I always think with any genre, and I this is also this has been evident for a while I think with the success of Bob Dylan because he never had a particularly polished or good voice, but Robert it was always Dylan. the lyrics that made him very that made him famous and liked. And I think the lyrics are really the most important mm-hmm. thing in music. Mm-hmm. I completely mm-hmm. agree. For and, me, you kind of no go ahead. Oh, uh, for me, I feel like it depends a lot on my mood. Like, if I'm in the mood to, like, think and just, like, feel, like, that kind of emotion, then I'll listen to, like, lyrical. But if I'm just trying to, like, well, like vibe out, chill, get get hyped about something, I can listen to some some little pump or something, <laughs> something of that sort. <laughs> I oh. couldn't have said it better myself. Um, before, um, actually, I used to think that, you know, artists that uh, didn't really express their true feelings in music were more of, they kind of, um, kind of misappropriated the styles, but... Um, and honestly, like, when I take a look at these artists and really try to um, look at some of the interviews, like, for example, I saw the interview that Little Pump had with J. Cole a couple years ago, um, and that was really the mm-hmm. first time he actually opened up and was, like, he, he was pretty honest about why he, you know, like, did these types of songs, um, posted whatever on social media. He knew that. how to play the game. And um, it was something that he had to do, especially in th- this day and age with social media and um, the whole industry. You have to do certain things to break into the game and establish yourself as a unique player. And Pratik's prepared to do all of these things. Nope, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but and uh, also, you still see the combination of styles present in today's music, like what mm-hmm. you said, the rock and rap before. Look at Post Malone now. Yeah, yeah. Post Malone's everywhere. He's practically genreless, in my opinion. I can. Yeah, so good. many of the songs on Hollywood's Bleeding could be played on an alternative radio station, especially Circles and. Um, and but yeah, the whole point is that <laughs> Hollywood's Bleeding, like you said, the the album topped the charts, and I believe it's the number one album of the year. It was a great album, by the way. But um, the whole debate was. You know, people really started asking, hey, is it rap? Allergic. I found the song Allergic. That's allergic. the one I was talking allergic, about. Yeah. Allergic, allergic. Yeah, it's a beautiful album, but can it be considered rap? And even if it, even if the question is, it's not really a binary question, but um, the question kind of leads into more of the future of hip-hop. Now that we're debating about what really defines as rap or traditional hip-hop, how do we really, um, you know, for example, like look at Little Nas X. He broke into the into the hip hop game very very. Um, he was very smart in this, so uh, I'm talking instantly. It was very instantly. Yeah. And some people thought he was an industry plant, but um, <laughs> if you actually looked at his older albums, like Nasirati, um, that was actually an album. Yeah. Older albums. Nah, yeah, Nasirati. You never heard of that. Yeah. That was that was way before that was before he did Old Town Road. He actually took that down to you know mm-hmm. yeah, refresh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he promoted his music through TikTok. He, I remember first discovering him. He posted a video on Twitter um, that was like literally just a horse mm-hmm. bopping his head, yeah, jamming to yeah, some music, yeah. and Old Town Road was playing right behind. He's it. weird like that. It's 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 quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an amazing style, and um, like a song that um, Roxanne just blew up the other day, um, based on um, TikTok, and all these different social medias have really kind of carry that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to go back to the genre thing. Because I feel like we could take it a step further. And when we're asking each other, like, we can go back to Hollywood's Bleeding, like, is it a rap album? Is it an alternative album? I think 
the idea of classifying these kinds of songs and albums into albums and all, into all these kinds of categories is kind of fading. Like, I feel like music is becoming really genreless. Just like, I feel like everything's becoming genreless in some sense. I was, I was gonna say a similar thing. I think it's all taking elements of other things to make new. I, yeah. I don't know if I'd call. Them I, I feel like I feel but... like we I feel like we live in that day of age. I'll give another example. I think we're probably gonna. I think we're talking about this later. Like basketball, basketball is becoming practically positionless now. Everybody's playing all these different kinds of positions. We have all these divisions that we've established so far into the past that are just breaking. Like we talked about civil rights earlier, how like black and white. Now it's just kind of like everyone. It really is, and that borders that barrier is kind of just dying down between like classifying different kinds of songs and people. And, positions and those are just like the first two examples that came into my head like completely right um but i think the main reason the debate started was because of the billboard charts and it was because like these award shows um the award shows (coughs) really haven't changed much yeah best rap album best hip-hop album like yeah they still perpetuate those um those genres and -hmm, those divisions mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing in this scenario obviously it was a bad thing like civil rights that whole bit but it's kind of like mm, I feel like it's starting to die down a little more. Like a lot of a lot less people are watching these kinds of billboard shows. A lot of a lot less people are watching the Grammys. Like I'm checking the viewer count; it's going down a lot, honestly. Yeah. Well, because so, like I think to more people now, it's less important what other people are saying about things they enjoy, and more about how that makes them feel. Yeah. Like if I listen to an album and I enjoy it, I don't really care that Pitchfork gave it like a one or three or mm-hmm. something. It's. I mean, music can be so subjective. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Jesus is King. It was. It wasn't rated the best album by far. For... Oh, but it sold so oh, well. Yes. I mean, because it's Kanye. Anything by Kanye. Kanye could throw out like his underwear. People, it's gonna sell. Like, not too much to it. Particularly by that. Not with none. <laughs> hey guys, we're supposed to be appropriate here. Come on, I shouldn't be having to tell you all this. Um. But yeah. Um. I kind of also want to transition into the future of hip hop, like we were talking before. And um, Athar, you mentioned um, you were also a big fan of Russ. Yes, so yes. What do you think about really I the importance of independent labels? The importance of independent labels. Well, I could start off by saying like something that all the stuff that Russ does is really like it's really inspiring to me. Like his music's all right. I, I like some of his music. There's some of his music where I'm kind of like suspect on. Like he went on a streak for like a month where he released a song every day. Oh, hold on, and, hold on. Let me correct that. It wasn't for a month. It was, I'm pretty sure, for like five years. He dropped a song every single week. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's been on his grind. To that, to that, I have to say, I respect the grind a lot. But at the same time, when you're churning out that much music at yeah. that, like, that much, that quick of a rate, I feel like it would start to lack quality and the quality would just digress at some point. So, obviously, there's some part of that where I'm like, eh, I mean, his music, some of his music is like not that fantastic. But at the, at the end of the day, you got to appreciate that he's doing it himself. You have all these people like Drake and all these different kinds of rappers that are getting their lyrics from here, getting their beats from here, and getting their this from that. Even like with Kanye, Kanye, Kanye is one of the ex- kind of an example. I don't know if he's completely independent, but I believe that he does a lot of it on his own. And just having that appreciation for those kinds of people, it's like a different level of music creation and talent. I think, um, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of go back to what you said. Mm-hmm. Kanye and Russ had this unique similarity of difference. John Bellion, too. I don't, I don't know if y'all know John Bellion. No, who is John Bellion? John Bellion, he's kind of genreless, too, honestly. He can rap, he can sing, he can do anything. I went to uh, J-O-N. I went to one of his concerts. I went to a concert of his in the summer. It was, like, it was amazing because he can do, like, he does it all himself and he can do anything. Like, he, I watch, vid- there's so many videos on YouTube where you see him making his own beats, you see how he does it, and you can't just, like, 
you can't help but just sit there and be like, holy crap. <laughs> That's insane how he does that kind of thing. And he's starting to get the appreciation he deserves for it. Like, he wasn't too prominent back then, but he came up with an album, I believe, in 2016 called The Human Condition. He had to, he got he went on like three or four world tours for that one album alone because of how wow. straight up popular how popular it was like that this man is these kinds of guys like they're they're starting to get a lot more appreciated in our society in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the thing is Kanye prefers collaboration a ton, and um, but the thing is he's still like relatively he makes all his music by himself. So basically, like for example, like the yeah. Wyoming stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought like uh, this whole his whole entourage of um, you know like rap artists. Those were handfully selected for that album yep. and that, and that he did basically basically serving as like an A kind of type of guy. Um, and he essentially created that music all by himself in the studio with no industry plans or anything so that's the thing but russ you know is more of an independent guy like he prefers to work on the <laughs> russ music is the kind himself. of guy to log himself in a room for 12 hours exactly. and not come out unless he's got something mm-hmm. going for himself like it's just you can see that kind of drive is just it'll get you it gets in places kind of like the wozniak versus steve jobs thing the different personalities I think this also goes into record labels to an extent because a lot of labels will tell bands a good example would be the Velvet Underground on their fourth album were told that it needed to be loaded with hits instead of just whatever they wanted to make so mm-hmm. they sarcastically called the album loaded but loaded <laughs> oh my gosh I mean it, like... <laughs> but I think um that whole debate of the the labels is a good transition into our morality yeah. discussion segment, which is the morality of labels and production companies. And this is really inspired by the whole um, controversy between um, Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun, he, who is famously known as Discovering Justin Bieber mm-hmm. and his manager. Yeah, yeah. And he um, recently bought um, Taylor Swift's um, re- uh, records and her um, masters. And Taylor Swift was obviously mad about that, so um, she went off on social media, and um, a lot of her fans attacked Scooter Braun, Justin Bieber, and all that entourage music, even Kanye West. So, um, but I think that it kind of goes back to like my perspective is a little different. I think that that's more on a little bit on Taylor Swift as a young artist. She, you should know your worth, and you should know how much you should give away. For like for uh, how much of your music you should give away well, for at the same time condition. wasn't she like yeah. fifteen? Well, yeah, the, yeah, but the thing is, I'm not talking about like more like metal machine stuff music. I'm talking about like she her <laughs> your reference to that makes no sense in this that's context. Label. Wasn't that the label? No. What was her label? No, that oh, was this is tough. This is a separate example I wrote down. Just I'll explain it real fast so that Fatigue doesn't look confused. Um, Lou confused. Reed was done with his label. They were bugging him. So he put out an album called Metal Machine Music to fulfill his contract, and it's all amp noise. He's trying to research right there's, now. There's, like, no songwriting. It's all <laughs> amp noise. And one time a guy tried to trick me into buying it. He told me it was, like, 40 bucks. He was like, this album, you know, people like this. And if you, you know, put the record just right, the crack doesn't matter either. It wow. Was, it was terrible. Totally not suspicious at all. Yeah. It's, like, the album was purely put out for contract. Oh, sorry. It was Big Machine label. Big Machine is Taylor Swift's label. Yeah. Yeah. I think we put him too close. I I can see why you were confused. But the whole thing about that is that 
even artists, I'm not talking about Taylor uh, with Swift in specific, even artists like that are, for example, like Little Pump and like those type of artists yeah. that are a little bit older, uh-huh. they still signed for an <coughs> initial amount of money and they signed to wear their masters. They weren't educated on the topic. And that's, I'm not saying that that's their fault necessarily, but more of the system and, mm-hmm. you know, the quick money that everyone chases. You have to know your worth. Well, yeah. I would say a benefit to labels is it can give people resources they wouldn't have before. The average person isn't going to be able to pay for the studio sessions and the distribution. Oh, completely. And the art and everything. It's The label can do all of that. But and there are different gr- types of deals. Yeah. I'll, I mean, it's, hard, it's, it's really hard to look at somebody offering you how many like how many how many ever millions they offer you yeah. and be like i'm worth more than that because at the end of the day like well, that's yeah, well millions are millions and a lot of these a lot of these kinds of artists they come from some like kind of state of poverty they're really doing they, they're here to take whatever money they can get so sometimes they might not be able to like know their own worth yeah, yeah well i would say a great example of something a la- like a label being there and helping would be elvis costello who was working a job um, at a bank for a while and had a family very making very low money at that point mm-hmm. and a new record label opened near him called Stiff and he went in basically to help write songs and they had him there to record a set of songs for someone else for a band called Dave Edmonds and Rockpile who you'd hear of, mm-hmm. never really hear of now and he recorded an album that they liked enough that they made it a full album that went out, and he's released a lot of albums over a really wide range of <coughs> genres over the years. Mm-hmm. And he never—he obviously didn't stay on Stiff the whole time, but that really catapulted him into being heard by other people. Well, then you have modern art, modern day artists like Frank Ocean, who you know are uh, who basically do play the um, industry game and pretty much win, end up winning um and that's pretty much been unheard of um besides a few times obviously so frank ocean what he did was he had this really anticipated album probably one of the most anticipated album of the decade um called blonde blonde and um he had a contract um with his, with def jam the label to and he dropped another album not blonde but endless as an apple music exclusive and then dropped blonde a day later independently and he made millions off of that. I mean, yeah, it's... Def Jam doesn't like that though. Yeah, I mean, they may not like it, but at the end of the at the end of the day, it's a business. Like, if you have a, if you have the ability to get more like more money or optimize your monetary value, then a lot of people disregard morality to some sense in order to try to get that kind of thing. Well, that, well, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say yeah. that. Frank Ocean did play the game right. I believe that he did use his cards right. I believe that um, he yeah. got out of a contract that didn't really value him to the point or what he was actually worth. I mean, if you look at the numbers he did before, when he signed the contract and after he did the contract, it's insane. You could see like the money he was Def Jam was paying him then back then was based on his previous talent, which wasn't you know that popular. Yeah, it was it was a chess game. He clearly smoked them. <laughs> With that kind of thing, that's just something Def Jam. Def Jam's got to see coming, and they they might have seen it coming. They might not might have not have been able to do anything about it. But regardless, like all these different kinds of artists, and it's not like it's not like it's always the artists screwing over the 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 record label or whatever like that. A lot of the times, it's the opposite kind of thing. And honestly, I feel like there are more stories of the con like the con the, the contract being fooled or the contract being mishandled by the actual record label. It's just not that they're not as famous for doing it yeah and i think i kind of want to transition on on this note 
the whole point you're trying to say is you have to know your worth. And I'm not talking specifically in music. I'm talking about in anything. anywhere. You're yeah. valuable to me, Pertik. I want to make sure you know that. Yeah. Y'all are, both, y'all are both valuable to me. I would um, not be here if it was anybody. And I want you guys, guys to know that you guys are all valuable to us. Yes. Wow. All what a you. note. What a note. Just know your worth and make sure that you're not, you know, you're not just listening to whatever some people have to say blindly. Make sure you actually do your research because there are a lot of people or a lot of industries and companies that do try to take advantage of um, people. Mm-hmm. There's a story, actually, and I'll use this as a segue to our next topic. I don't know. I don't, you might know this. I know you don't know this, but like LeBron, LeBron James, uh, when he was growing up, obviously he, he, li- he grew up in poverty to some extent. His family wasn't rich at all or anything like that, but he was obviously the most, the best, pro- biggest prospects is Michael Jordan, they were saying, and they were trying to get him. Reebok actually offered him $10 million straight up before he like actually signed into the NBA. They offered him $10 million to not say anything to any other shoe company like Nike or Adidas or anything like that. And LeBron straight up just denied it. And he needed like $13 a month to pay his rent. So having $10 million in his pocket was crazy. But LeBron like understood his worth and was just like, no. And then I believe a few weeks or maybe months later, he signed with Nike for something like $80 million or something. Yeah. So, some, some absurd amount like that. So that just idea of knowing your worth, it comes a lot to those kinds of people like LeBron who are just like all around talented and smart. And having people like him speak up about different kinds of issues in the world is just a treat for us today. And one of the issues that we're going to be talking about now is the NCAA monopoly. Oof, and I have some strong opinions about this. Oh gosh, critique. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just straight up don't like the NCAA, but I'm going to explain why, and I'm just going to give some context about really why this is relevant. So um, James Wiseman, who was a top NBA prospect mm-hmm. and was widely considered to be go number one overall. Yeah, I've watched him since like freshman year. That man is insane. He can ball. Um, <laughs> and um, so... <coughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So, um... Cut. Okay. So, Penny Hardaway, um, who was, you know, the coach and also a, fam- a former NBA player, he basically paid his family to move to uh, Memphis, and um, that was, like, the result of a whole NCAA violation. And I think that kind of does make sense to an extent that is the coach, um, you know, basically paying the player to move. But, oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just kind yeah. of one of, like, the many incidents that actually have occurred. This is just one of them that's gone, that they've, like, Penny Hardaway got caught doing this. There, you hear all these kinds of reports and all these kinds of interviews done by many like NCAA players and many NBA players, all these different kinds of figures, and they all like they aren't afraid to admit like there are definitely colleges out there that pay oh, 100%. their players to come and play with them. It's just a matter of whether they do it swiftly enough to avoid getting caught and punished for that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, the NCAA they're they're starting to realize this. They took I believe like a unanimous vote that allows yeah. players to profit off of their own name for like mo- money. So they're starting to learn. And this is something that's really been long overdue. And at this, but at the same time, it's like hard to be disappointed in someone like Penny Hardaway and James Wiseman for what occurred there. Yeah, I, I think that's an instance where um, that's fine and that's um, more of, you know, that, that's warranted. But I think this Chase Young suspension really uh, didn't, I don't really say well with that. So basically what happened yep, was a family member gave Young... <laughs> alone to fly his um girlfriend and um he got suspended for basically accepting a gift on what they said was based on his at, um athletic profile and i he basically he got suspended for two games by the way but um that's i think where you have to draw the line and really... two games by the way is a lot in college yeah. football 
Especially um, Chase Young plays on Ohio at Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's number one ranked team in the country right now. But if you if you want to get to the college playoffs, you really can't lose any more than one game. So if they had lost even one of those games, they could have very well just not been in the college football playoffs, and they could have just not been in the contention for national championship. So those two games are a lot bigger than they come off as. Kind and of. also, it also impacts his um, draft stock. Um, those two games could have literally been the difference in him going in the first round versus the second round. Okay, I don't know about that. I know he's he's a he's like a top 10 consensus pick, something like but that. But still, it, it still goes back to the fact that, let's say that, um, you know, it all goes back to basically that's millions of dollars that you're playing yeah, with. Yeah, That's a lot of money. Yeah. And the whole point is that NCAA, basically, um, before, you know, the, the, the new rule passed about um, profiting... Uh, Off of your uh, name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You basically had these this NCAA that, where you had gi- athletes like Zion Williamson Whew. and more... These athletes themselves single, uh, single-handedly basically sold millions of dollars. Yeah. Good and... For- they couldn't even profit off of their name, and they were being forced to live paycheck to paycheck and couldn't even profit off of their status that was making the NCAA money and not to mention their college. NCAA is quite the monopoly. There's a statistic I read about. It was like the Duke and Kentucky game last year. The mm-hmm. average cost of a ticket was greater than the lowest price for like an NBA Finals game. Wow. Dang. That just comes to show how much money the NCAA really makes, and they can't make any excuses it's like, Oh, we don't have enough money to pay these college players or anything like they they do. They have much more than enough. You don't need any kind of like statistics or metrics to prove that kind of thing. You could really just look at one statistic like that and you would understand the extent to which the NCAA profits. And you have this whole I think um I think I don't think it's uh, fair to really just discuss it or give a binary answer whether the player should get paid or not. I think it's more of I I would give a binary answer. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, no doubt like it's really when you when you enter into some college sport, you really are dedicating a lot of your life to it. A lot of time in high school has been devoted to that kind of thing, where you could have spent studying and maybe getting a scholarship to a better university. But if you go play D one or something of that sort, you're trying to make the pros. And the fact of the matter is, less than one percent of people that enter the NCAA circuit actually end up making the pros. So they they really do have to be compensated to some extent for the amount of effort that they put in the amount they're they're. Like maybe in football more than like other kinds of sports, but they're putting their body on the line to some extent. I do agree on that. They should get compensated somewhat, but <clears throat> I think the point is how much and based on what is it based on their own name and how much they sell off of that, or it's just strictly the um, re- revenue in um, television and ad revenue. And personally, what I think is, um, I think that to be honest, you got to just look at the the players themselves, the sport, mm-hmm. and how much money they're really yeah. making for the college. Yeah. How much time are they really spending their own financial status, and are they did they really like violate any rules that are more like uh, ethical standards instead of just you know some random rules that the NCAA made up to basically let's be honest get more money. I think we can leave the formula creation for salary cap or whatever up to all the people that work in the NCAA yeah. right now. The first question that the NCAA has to answer is: Are we going to pay them or not? Because clearly we're we're at a standstill there. And um, Jacob, what do you think from a player, from a person who um, yeah doesn't you... know too much about sports? I know a lot about sports. I about, follow about baseball this, about this quite matter. intensely. Oh yeah, no, you're a baseball guy. We love baseball. Yeah, well, well I don't like baseball actually. Baseball is much better than all the other sports. All right, okay, that's uh, as somebody who likes all the sports. Though. I may not necessarily agree. Basketball with that. and football is worth that. So. I think that especially when there's money being made off somebody's name, they should get a cut of that. Like, if they're making money purely off of Zion Williamson or someone like that, 
they should definitely get a cut of that because it's them who's specifically making the money. What well, what about if you have like the NCAA making um ad revenue off of a game that Zion Williamson starring in because he's the main hi- attraction there, right? So, I mean, that's really the more of the, the ground. I think you can't really. It becomes subjective when you give people money based on whether or not they're the star <laughs> of a team. I mean, it's a team sport. So you have to really judge what qualifies being the star of a team. And if a team has, like, I think that becomes too subjective to implement. Well, I think you could also just look at, like, that. you could just reduce it to more like a monetary, um, like, a step. Instead of, you know, just debating on how well or how highly ranked these players are, just strictly look at the financials and how much money, you know, like, let's say this player playing a game has um like in Vegas betting odds right that's what the um, NFL uses a lot and um, yeah yeah just look at you know how much does the um does the betting odds like go up or down depending on this player plays or not and how much do people <coughs> want to pay more there are a lot of factors that would go into that yeah. kind of thing but there's really there's really no excuse for them not being able to create a formula that would yeah. figure out how many how much to pay them because well, they have so many people working the NCAA already. I guess a good way to do it, I don't know if other sports have this. I know baseball has a stat called WAR, which stands for wins above replacement. Uh-huh. And basically, it tells you how many wins that person <laughs> yeah. adds to your team win over shares, their win replacement. Shares. Yeah. yeah. NBA, they have offensive and defensive win shares that hold it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so metrics are everywhere. Something like that could be very useful. They have every kind of metric to kind of do this. It's 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 inexcusable. Yeah. Regardless of the financials, I think um, what the In a, good, In a Good Way podcast wants to convey is In a that good way. Is that um, regardless of what you know, like the NCAA is doing or whether the players are getting paid, we just want to hear your opinion and open up the floor to new ideas and new debates. In a good way. In, in a, a good, good way, way, obviously. Yeah. In a good way. Not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. And this is really the fun part of the segment. Uh, a lot of you guys like this one. Are you saying the? Are you saying what we've talked about this whole time is boring or something? Like, no, I'm saying it's a fun part of the segment. I, no, you just a, completely canceled out the past like what is a half hour of what? No, no, this yeah. is the, this is amazing. But um. Uh huh. This is something that you guys have been looking forward to a lot, and uh, it's kind of a continuation of Jenny's and um, of Jenny's podcast where and they talked and about Madison's. and Madison and Madison can't cut out get credit, the get podcast, credit, get credit where it's due. Them, yeah. where they talked about relationships. Um, so we are going to have Atharv give a male's perspective on relationships in general. So Atharv, in general, go ahead. Well, you can't. I, f- I feel like you can't really give advice to somebody in general about what are, what the relationship should be, just because there's so many. Different kinds of personal circumstances, different kinds of personality types, all these. It, it just has to be personal, personalized for each kind of, every kind of person. Well, whether you want to date in high school, whether you want to date in college, whether you want to get married as quickly as you can, practically, just these kinds of, these, these kinds of, you can't really give advice to one kind of thing. And I want to ask just a, sum- a summary of what they kind of talked about. Like what, what Jenny and Madison kind of talked about. Are we cutting yeah, this? Yeah, so. Um, Are we cutting this? So what Jenny St. Madison basically said was that, um, you know, it, well, they said a lot. First of all, uh, you yeah. know, they both had actually contrasting opinions. I believe one of them um, was more interested in committed relationships while the other was like, you know what, you're not going to find anything in high school. So I think the whole point just comes down to, um, look, it's a senior of high school. We're all trying to get to know each other more before, you know, we go our separate ways. So I think the audience can just kind of wants to know, is how do you build those authentic connections and really make sure those relationships carry over into college? People often pr- ask critique that. Exact they do not question. ask me that. Yep. <laughs> do not ask me that on the street. In a good way. <laughs> um, 
Well, to that, I have to say, a lot of it in high school, you got, you got a lot of schoolwork going on. We have a lot of college apps going on. I have a college decision coming out in like an hour, practically. But oh, nice. uh, nice. Thank you. Good luck, but man. at the same time, it's just you have so many things going on, but you still have to find a way to put effort into the kind of relationships that you want to last a long time. And for a lot of high schoolers, not like us, we're, we're in IB, we have a lot of work going on. But a lot of high schoolers, you have the ability to do that. You can ask them to hang out. You can call them after school. You can hang out. Like any any kind of spending time with them is a perfect way to advance your relationship with them in class as well. And at the end of the day, it's all about... Um, it's all about just trying... <laughs> Oh my gosh, and Jacob, stop. He says, sounds like he's describing us. Sounds like he's describing us. Why don't you start to talk? <laughs> say, say, say how you feel. Tell me how you feel. About what? Well, what are you saying over there? What? What's going on? I'm not saying anything. Seems like you are. I was making a joke. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I hope for Teak. I agree with joke. I, I agree with Zarv on this that, um, you know, it's senior year. Whatever you do, just try to make the most of the time you have left with um, everyone. And enjoy yourself. Enjoy yeah. your youth. That's what that's what I tell a lot of my friends. Just enjoy your youth. Well, then I'd say also just know if you know you're not gonna have time, don't try to start any sort of more committed relationship. And that can be a friendship or anything. Yeah, not. And this doesn't just go off of like a female or like a male that you're really interested in or something like that. Just friendships in general, like yeah. You a lot. There are, you're gonna meet a lot of people in the world, and meeting people in high school is just the tiniest fraction of whoever you're gonna meet. So, exactly. I f- I feel like this is something I've had to learn recently, especially. I feel like a lot of your life in high school should be focused on developing yourself, and what kind of person you are, what kind of things you like to do, where you want to go in your life. Deep. Just enjoying time by yourself is really what you should be doing at your early ages, because the fact the quicker you do that the quicker you can enjoy everything else in your life without, without much problem, many problems. That's amazing. Yes, I, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's where we were trying to go with this, but I kind of no, just... That's amazing. Okay. It works out. Okay, now we get to roast up the Cowboys. Oof, so we're recording this on a Friday, and... Um, recording this on a Friday, therefore... The Cowboy- game was yesterday. Yeah, the game was yeah. last night. Game it won't be yesterday when you hear this. Yes, it won't be yesterday when you hear it, so your feelings... Uh, okay. If you have feelings, would have been processed by now. Yeah. So, but we're relatively fresh. Pratik looks very fresh right now. His face has gotten redder. He's actually tearing up a little. Oh my gosh, Pratik. Fire Jason Garrett right now. The In a Good Way podcast does support that. In a Good Way podcast based off of Texas. It's a, a, a county of Dallas, Texas. We we advocate for the firing of Jason Garrett. A lot of the special team staff. Everything of that sort. <laughs> it's just been... It's been frustrating. We have the talent. We have... We, we are literally the most talented team in the league. Besides maybe Philadelphia. I remember um, in Madden, they were ranking like NFL teams based off of talent and everything. Like that. Dallas was number two behind Philadelphia. Yeah. We and, have everything. It's just it's really just the coaching. Hey, but guys, remember, whenever you guys get depressed or sad about the Cowboys, just remember, we didn't lose to the Dolphins. We didn't we did lose to the Dolphins. And Yet. Even, even if you get sad about the Cowboys, like you have the Mavericks. The Mavericks are playing pretty well. We don't mind the Mavericks if you're into hockey. Maybe the Dallas Stars. I, I feel like I they've gone off to a good season. I don't know about season. that. The Dallas Stars. You know, Dallas Stars are pretty good. Dallas but hockey. I mean, if you're into hockey, you can hockey. get into hockey. Hockey's cool. You know what? Fine. The, yeah, we're just like, go ahead, the, the real hockey. solution to the problem we're having today is don't watch the Cowboys. No, but you can't do yeah. that. You yeah, mean, you can't do that. You have to support the home team, and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they lose, it's kind of fun at first. <laughs> I, I'm laughing whenever like, the Bears score a touchdown. 
And um, I think on that note, we're going to transition into our Q&A. So we got a question on the voice memo that asked Pratik to name, to rank Kanye's albums. The something Pratik's really wanted the opportunity oh to do, gracious. too. Okay, number one. Pratik or not. No doubt, no debate whatsoever, 808 and Heartbreak. Yeah, I, I can I can ride with that. We were talking about it earlier. Like it trans it transformed the entire industry per se to yeah. a sort of melodic beat. Also, well, one critique told me to start with when I was starting to listen to Kanye. It's so innovative. Number two, innovative. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy, the yeah. highest rated Kanye album ever. Yeah, well, there's so much going on in there from like rap. There are like '70s prog rock samples all over. They have everything going on in there. Yeah, they really do. And number three, yay. Mm-hmm. I really like its focus really? on mental health. Yeah. That, yeah. It, it really spoke to me, the message. Um, same with... Uh, Are you having mental... What no, was no, going no, on? No, no. What's going on, Hertique? No, I really I really appreciate um, him actually, like, you know, I, I really love when, like, artists are actually authentic and honest about themselves yeah. and what they're going through. It's not, um, you know, fake or um, artificially constructed. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And also, I love the, the new <coughs> artist that he used. Um, shout out 070 Shake. He used that the, oh, the vocals. To a lot. Yeah, um, her. But her. See, I I, I guessed there. That's and I couldn't remember. That's tough. And Kidsy goes um with Kid Cudi definitely is up there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm gonna end off with Jesus is King and then say everything else is tied. Everything else is tied. I grew most of your rank. I grew most of it. I'd put like. Um, I'm gonna put Yay a little lower. I put like college dropout and late registration higher. Over yeah, Ye that's one album you have not mentioned. Also up there. Yeah, like, graduation. Yeah, you completely. Oh yeah, that. yeah. Graduation That's was alright. That's tough. Um. Yeah, but another question we have for you with Irv um is. Yeah, pineapple I re- on pizza. Pineapple on pizza. Ever since fourth grade, I tried it one time. I've never, never really? stopped. Pineapple on pizza is a move. Yes, everybody thinks I agree. Every, everybody thinks it's crazy. Oof. What do you think, Ruti? The idea comes off as absurd. I remember thinking about it before I like tried it. I it's was not like, bad. This is stupid. But it's, stupid. it's not bad, but. It could be better. Why could like it be better, bro? It's like settling. If, if you want it to be better, add another topping with pineapple. No, why do you want to settle? Just go for it. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't settle in life. I'll, get, I'll, I'll give my opinion. I like pineapple on pizza. And there, there are two things that happen uh, every man, time I order it. A man of culture. Whenever I, I order pineapple on pizza, one thing that happens, my dad tells me how unitalian it is. Unitalian. Thank you. Um, are you kidding me? Second thing that happens, my dad doesn't eat it, and there's more pizza for me. That seems like a and win to me. Good. That seems like a win to me. <laughs> this is blasphemy. No. This is blasphemy. <laughs> oh my god. The biggest injustice on this podcast by far ever since the young. Oh, we had like daylight savings time. Hashtag uh, but, DST but, kills. Well, no, that, that's not controversial. I said the <laughs> only biggest, the only bigger controversy than this would be um the debate we had with um you know Smart and Kuse about oh, the favorite about y'all's little no, Cheeto no, no. and Midnight thing yeah yeah, yeah that, that was, was funny that was that was pretty hard to watch the whole that, <laughs> who who was Kuse that said Cheetos at Midnight or something like that? I don't even know yeah I think so uh, I don't know well, yeah, but then Pratik has bagels at Midnight really disappointed Pratik really. ba- bagels at Midnight doesn't sound bad it's like yeah. you know, there's not too much flavor to it wait Kuse still never got us those bagels from Tom Tom Kuse we want those Christmas, yeah. early Christmas gift baby. you know. But you know what? <laughs> Regardless of whether you like pineapples on pizza, by the way, you should not. But <laughs> oh, wow, our, you, our, you really tried to sound unbiased there. You, you should. Just, okay, pineapple yeah. on pizza is good. Our next question was K-pop question mark. <laughs> just K- yeah, I read that. I was like, okay. 
Yeah. Because it seemed like it was so ambiguous, but I knew exactly what you guys were talking about. It was crazy. Um, K-pop? No. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just... You're, you either really like it a lot, or you really just don't. Please don't roast Do you me. Like but it? I'm not going to roast you if you like it. No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about them, because I know there's someone. someone's going to catch me. Yeah. Just no. Go ahead. No. It's yeah. Not, it's no. There's, okay. there's no way... There's not even like a like you know like a, a sliver. Yes, it's just no. Yeah, I'm gonna go no. <laughs> Someone had me listen to some once and no. I've listened to a good amount of K-pop. I feel like I've given it a reasonable try. Yeah. From a few of my friends, and I still am not budging. Yeah, it's... some of the beats are kind of cool. I, I will give I will give that, and I will give nothing else. Okay. Maybe the dance moves. And then this question was told to us from Mustafa this in is disgusting. the comments, and he came up with this for a college essay. Is ketchup a smoothie? Is ketchup a smoothie? No. I mean, it's just it, what? What's in ketchup? Just no. tomatoes. What is in ketchup? Just no. There's there's ketchup no debate. I think a few other like chemicals or something. There's no de- debate about this. It's just no, and then period. That's it. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. I don't mustard powder, celery, salt. I mean, cause. Okay, what do you do? You you put the pour gra- you pour some ground tomatoes into a slow cooker and stuff like that. So that's already a no no. You don't you don't slow cook a smoothie. They that's don't so they don't have time to slow cook at the Jamba Juice. Yeah no. <laughs> oh gosh no. That's I'm just not... shaking my head no right now. Yeah. Like, there's there's no way this happens. Yeah. <coughs> I hope he gets into the college he applied to though. <laughs> no, I hope he does too. Oh, uh, Is it, it? He had an interesting take on it. Even though I'm completely in disagreement with the with the idea of his just question. the question. Yeah. yeah, with the question in general, it probably held some weight in terms of how creative it was. <laughs> and on that note, um, I think we're gonna wrap it up. And um, we want to dedicate this podcast to the board game club um, by Harrison yeah. and you know Cedric and Hari and all those people. Oh, and to uh, Jay Z for finally putting his albums on Spotify. Happy Happy birthday, Jay Z! Happy, happy late birthday! birthday. Jay-Z. We appreciate it. Yeah. I, I was not able to appreciate your culture until you put the album on Spotify. So I've kind of just been faking it and saying Jay Z is one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> Can't lie to y'all. <laughs> Well, there you have it. A Tharv exposed himself. Um, yeah. but, uh, <coughs> Perfect way to end. <laughs> but, Nikolai, um, you know, we also want to thank you for giving that question and being an engaged member of our audience and also for finally meeting me. That oh, was... yeah. For Tika and I were talking. Nikolai oh, he on. never he met you. He hi to me. And I, I was like, he asked if I had <laughs> roasted your... up for Teak for not being able to meet for an episode a meeting while ago. Meeting your idols. Meeting your idols. And I said, you know, he's right there. And he's like, wait, is that for Teak? Whoa! There's a whole conversation. That was for the great. Yeah. I wish I was a part of that. That so, was funny as heck. This is also dedicated <laughs> to uh, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots for being there for fatigue and tough times. Still undefeated. Undefeated. You are not undefeated. You've definitely been defeated. No. Okay. Maybe in single games, but like not in rounds. Not true. Not in like actual games. You can, you know, the games are like multiple rounds. So no, I say still undefeated. And at this point, I'm gonna have to Sounds announce like my retirement. So I'm gonna have like, to announce my retirement. That's a wo- that's a wuss move right there. Move. That's no, no, a wuss move. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> officially <laughs> retired, and I might unretire soon. Okay, but this is like retired. You're gonna come back from retirement for a week. You know this. It, this is not your black album. Yeah, kind, I'm kind of like Floyd. Kind of like Floyd Mayweather. You know, you gotta pay me or give something like very get a good yeah. opponent in here to challenge yeah. me. Look, you wanted to play that game with my feet. Well, you're not playing mine version though. With your feet. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds kind of. Uh, it sounds kind of creative. I, the first time I looked at it, I'm like, okay, so what if we played this with our feet? Do you have any dedications, Atar? Do I have any dedications? Yeah. Um, no. No? Not really. I'm just... Shout out to everybody. Everybody. All of. I'll, I'll, dedicate, I'll dedicate this podcast to everyone who listens and who's made it this far, honestly. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, we really appreciate you guys for listening and um, having a good time with us. We really look forward to your questions, so please leave Yeah, a, please leave us some questions. Yeah, please leave us a voice memo if you have a question. And with that note, we would like to say thank you for listening. I would like to say thank you for having me on here. What the heck? Thank you. It was fun. Really thank you for coming. It was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Good time. And okay. goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.